Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. breath of God. Grace has many expressions. And without a doubt, it has engaged in your life so many times, you have no idea.
think that if you understood how often and how much your lives have been protected, guided, intervened by heaven, your jaw would drop on the floor. That is the nature of grace. And it's an itty bitty voice, but everybody has that. It's like a, a wave of guilt that goes through you that says, are you really sure you want to say that or think that about that person? That's, that's grace in action. That's grace that comes in and says, That's how grace operates in your life. It saves you from doing something harsh and dark and gives you an option to do something good and light in its place. Grace is the breath of God. everyone. Welcome to America Meditating Radio. That was our very dear friend, Carolyn Mace on Grace. Wasn't that powerful? And I think if she lived by grace, it would be so powerful because it's such a powerful word. Uh, To be graceful, to be in grace, to appreciate grace, to live in a life of grace, which is really, to me, the alignment of spirit and, and the physical. You know, where your spirit is in the right place. It is connected to divinity, truth, power, love, happiness. When it comes into action through matter, it just shows wonder. It shows the beauty of why we're actually here. Now, we've even seen in movies where the folks who play the role of the hero, beautiful. And even the one who plays the role of the villain brings a kind of a virtuosity in their villainship in the movies. And you've seen it. Remember uh, Joker in Batman? Nobody could play Joker that well. It was incredible. And yet he brought all of his whatever it was coming from his spirit into his part. So whatever's in the soul is what comes through in the physical form. I've seen times where uh, my spirit isn't in a good place and I can feel it through my body and others can see through my form. And when my spirit's in the perfect place, I can feel it in my body and even others can feel it too. So everything's about the way you take care of yourself, the way that you feel within your being, the way you want to be. It has to come a point in time where we take a stock on who am I? Who am I really at the base of all of the distractions that are going on? Washington is so heated up right now. I mean, you can't help but just scroll through some of your emails or even some of your messages, and just something is going on about this whistleblower thing or impeachment or this or that. And it's just we're so addicted to drama all the time. It's like if it doesn't 
feed the fear in us or the ego or the attachment or the greed. No one's interested in watching. And that's where I really want everyone to think about to what extent it pays me to feed into the fear. How much do I become a better person by feeding into the fear? Food for Thought. Today gives me great pleasure to welcome Velker Ripper. He is an award-winning filmmaker who creates very powerful cinematic feature documentaries that deal with the central issues of our time. His epic Fierce Light trilogy began with Sacred, Sacred, winner of the 2005 Genie Award for Best Feature Documentary, continued with 2008's award-winning Fierce Light, When Spirit Meets Action, and concluded with Occupy Love in 2013. His first feature-length documentary, Bones of the Forest, won nine awards, including Best of the Festival at Hot Docs and the 1996 Genie for Best Film Documentary. Velcro is also well-known for his award-winning sound design of such films as The Corporation and A Place Called Chiapas, Metamorphosis is his sixth featured film, and today gives me a great privilege to welcome Velcro Ripper to the air. Hi, Velcro. Nice to meet you. Yeah, great to meet you. Wonderful to be mm-hmm. here. Same here. Well, of course, you're going to have to let our audience know a little bit more about you, so we would love if you could tell us just a little bit. I know it might be a long story, but give me <laughs> the real main points, a little bit about yourself and what inspires your filmmaking. Sure. Well, I was raised, uh, I think a big part of my upbringing was being raised in a Baha'i family. And uh, and it's a very wonderful, inclusive religion. And I grew up in the 60s in a household that was always filled with young Baha'i hippies, actually, coming through all the time and camping on our land. And, and so there was that sense of, of unity and diversity and um, and the oneness of humankind and the sense that we're on an evolutionary journey. And I really carried that with me as I moved into young adulthood. And I went on what the Baha'is call the independent investigation of truth. And I I landed on a kind of personal uh, sensibility that was um, spiritually informed, but also a a kind of a punk rock energy, uh, which is how I ended up with the name Velcro, Velcro Ripper. I was wondering about that. (laughs) Yeah, uh, there's a W at the end, so there's a bird in there. And I I call my, my higher self as Raven, actually. Um, there you go. And the crow, um, but uh, you know the uh, I call myself uh, used to call myself a Sufi Buddhist Baha'i punk rocker, to which I would now add dad. <laughs> mm, <laughs> so I had to bring I that, all it. that together, and that gives you a sense of some of my sensibilities. The the Sufi and the punk rock actually combines a bit because there's a a sense of breaking through dogma, um, and that's always been an important thing to me to to, to that direct uh, perception and connection with the. Div- with divinity. And then I think another important piece of the journey was just a really deep uh, concern for Mother Earth. And uh, even from a young age, you know, when I was a teenager, I, I worked to stop the spraying of DDT in our neighborhood, a, a harmful pesticide. And one of my first uh, films was about the ancient temperate rainforest of, of the world um, and seen through the stories of elders. Um, yeah. And that, that's Bones of the Forest. No, I just love that, you know, like, for example, a lot of us have a lot of passion towards current issues. And sometimes we struggle with how do we convey what we're feeling 
and at the same token, recognize how we can inspire and uplift others. So did you go to school for filmmaking, or did you really just grab a camera, start to put you know, videos and, and things together, and just grew along the way? Well, actually, when I was in high school, I got together with a bunch of uh, other students, and we were concerned about issues in our community, and we formed a broadcasting community cable station when we had a wonderful mentor, high school teacher, Marta McCowan, who helped guide us. And we, and to this day, the high school students in, in Gibsons um, run the, the local community cable station. So that's really what wow. got me started in film. That's beautiful. I, yeah. And I did go to school. I went to film school and, uh, and, uh, and then just kept doing it, just kept making it. Mm. And that's what I've done for 30 years, I guess, now. Beautiful. Well, you know, I haven't had a chance to watch some of your movies, and I'll definitely have one of my conscious video nights to just really have our friends together and dive deep. Because I think what I'm glad about independent filmmaking and a lot of now streaming for conscious videos is that we can see another side of the world, and we can see another side of our lives and be inspired to maybe step up, especially in the midst of crisis. You produce very impactful films and are known as a cinematic activist. So could you give us some insight on what a cinematic activist really is? Sure. Well, for me, it's, it's this combination of my activism is um, the desire to change things for the better. And, uh, and using art in any form, and for me it's cinema, um, can be so powerful because it moves us beyond the place of mere information. And I think we're finding with things like the climate crisis that activists sometimes run into a bit of a wall when they just throw statistics at us. Like, statistically, see how bad this is? And we can hear that over and over again, but it doesn't sink in. But art can touch us on a soul level. It can touch us on, in a deeper place um, and, uh, and move us uh, into, a, into that maybe the full being understanding that we really need you know, to, yeah. to be moved. Yes, I agree with that. So with all the fear-driven news that we're listening in on, uh, there's a lot. Of, I can't wait for you to do something on impeachment of a president and what no. that would actually mean. <laughs> wow, what a time, right, <laughs> Belcrow? I mean, right. wow. So with all the fear that's going on, what do you see as the role of conscious or awakened media in these times? Mm-hmm. Well, I think we need to become spiritual warriors. We, yes. need to, we need to avoid the desire for a spiritual bypass, which can sometimes be very comforting because we cannot bury our, our heads in the sand at this point in time. So we need a kind of fierceness, which is what fierce light was all about. We need to you know, tap into the energy of Rosa Parks. Um, I was mm. just thinking about her as a wonderful inspiration. Peaceful, but she knows she's on the side of what is ethical and what is right. And in this era, it's very clear. You know, we really just need to pay attention to the science, especially in the climate crisis, which I feel is needs to be part of all of our conversations and, and is something that is because it is an existential threat to life on Earth that mm-hmm. we've, never, we've never experienced this before. So fear, I think, is not something to be ignored. There is a kind of two things that happen with fear. Fear can be used to manipulate us into a kind of a low vibrational, 
almost barbarianism, and we're seeing mm-hmm. a barbarianism arise in the midst of the, this very true threat that we're facing, um, and that is manifested in, in Trump, for example, and, uh, and, and, and Bolsonaro and the rise of, the, of fascism around the world. This is a, a reaction where people think if we just get really nationalistic and block out our borders and just find our people that look like us and, and then push everyone else away, we'll somehow be safe, and, and there's, right. that's not how it's going to work. The way, right. the way we're going to survive is through mutual aid, through community, through caring, through kindness and compassion. And that is also a reaction that we can use as a reaction to fear and suffering, right? Uh, Scared Sacred, um, my journey to the ground zeros of the world, was a great uh, education to me in understanding how people who have faced some of the worst we can imagine, Hiroshima, Bhopal in India, you know, these, these great tragedies, in the midst of these crises, we find these communities of mutual aid forming where people say, i got, I got to help the person around me because it's so bad. And even if I'm in dire straits, I'm going to dive in and help. Well, we're now in a global situation like that. And so we need to awaken our compassion and realize that, wow, we're at this fulcrum moment in yeah. the, of history right now. Um, and many of us, you know, have been talking about the shift for many years and that we're reaching this crisis point. It's like a healing crisis. Well, it's literally upon us right now. And all yes. the preparation we've been doing, all of us who have been conscious and working on consciousness all this time, well, this is the time we're really called to step up to the plate. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's actually exciting. What a source of meaning we can all tap into right now. And what greater meaning than helping to be part of this massive transformation that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I attended um, MSNBC's um, Stephanie Rules launch of her new podcast called Modern Rules. Mm-hmm. And at the launch in New York a few days ago, I was there with a good friend of mine, Ricky Cage, who is a Grammy Award winner. And Ricky mm-hmm. and I sat and had a chit-chat. Ricky's in Bangalore. And Ricky talked about, you know, the whole climate change. He was here for the U.N. climate change and will be meeting, met with Prime Minister Modi and a lot of other great things. Mm -hmm. One of the things he said which struck me is that um, the reason why the current president of the United States, you know, basically debunks uh, the climate crisis that we're in or doesn't support climate change is because he knows the people don't care about climate change. They only care about bringing food on the table, the color of their skin, and which religion or party they belong to. So he basically is just promoting or selling the fact that there are a lot of people who just don't understand the severity of the global warming. Mm-hmm. And so he, he he doesn't support it because it doesn't get in votes. And I thought about that, that is it really the fact that all of us are in this, you know, state of amnesia and numbness that we can't recognize that what we are doing to the planet first from a thought level second from an action level, that the planet can only take so much until it purges all of us off of it, just to breathe for a little, to restore herself. So it's a question that I've been percolating on since we had the conversation, that is it not just 45 that's in the White House, but it's that people don't recognize the severity of the planet's tolerance. It has tolerated us so much. But the question is, is there any way that we can give back 
just the love or respect of what it has offered our lives for thousands and thousands of years. So it was food for thought, you know, it was food for thought. Yes, well, you know, I think that I think that people are experiencing at times what um, in our latest film, Metamorphosis, which I co-directed with my uh, partner, Nova Ami, um, we, we interviewed Robert J. Lifton, who's a psychohistorian, and he looks at big history through the lens of psychology. And he says one of the things that happens is, is called psychic numbing. And so that is a kind of numbing down where we just can't take it anymore. So we just kind of yes. numb, numb it, but it does not go away. It's like any trauma; it doesn't. It goes right into our bodies and into our into our being. So we that doesn't work. I do think that the situation is getting more and more acute. So we're mm-hmm. getting and and coming closer to home and in the. In North America, in something we think of as far away, you know, the ice caps are melting, those poor polar bears, and suddenly we have <laughs> storms hitting us and wildfires in California and drought and floods, and, it, it, and, and we need to connect the dots and see that those are directly related to climate change, and that's what we're experiencing right now. We're experiencing it in real time, and that will hopefully be a wake-up call in time. Um, you know, it almost, it's almost as if, you know, imagine somebody who has serious illness and they can keep ignoring that little cough or that little nudge in their body. And then at a certain point, the, the body system just says, look, and you get a yes. major healing crisis. If we hit that, yes. I think, I think that, that we can wake up in time. And I do feel the last year, um, having been in this, involved in this for so long, the last year has be- shifted. And I think mm-hmm. that, in fact, the Green New Deal and the climate change is an issue that voters are going to be concerned about. And I think that these dinosaurs, literally, and so locked into fossil fuel money, um, are actually going to be in trouble. Um, yeah. And and I hope that uh, that happens in time. It's We don't know. We really don't know. Me too. Me too. You know, President um, um, Prime Minister Modi was just recently here in the U.S. and Texas, and 50,000 people, even Donald Trump, showed up. And the amount of love the Indians gave was just mm. enormous. And this one prime minister not only initiated International Day of Yoga, where mm. he used the platform of the United Nations to make this global announcement, but just recently, he has also initiated that India will become free of plastic by 2025 Fantastic. and that he's moving India into becoming a more energy-conscious country, whereby mm-hmm. most of the cars will now be electric-driven cars. Well, mm-hmm. and he's going to be reducing the, the use of oil needs. Now, this is one right. leader who is moving yeah. the, one of the largest democracies in the world and I'm wondering, how come the world doesn't see that? I mean, I know that it will, but to actually see what one leader can do to not only a country, but the impact he can have across the whole world. When I look at International Yoga Day, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. 200 countries choose to pause for yoga in, um, I think it's in June something. I forgot the, the, the exact date. But it's, yeah. it's incredible. So you mentioned something about um, a long emergency. Remember that? What does it mean to be living in a time where there's a long emergency? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm. in fact, one of the next films we're making is called Climate 911, and it looks Mm. at emergencies 
and how people respond to emergencies. Um, and so we're in this phase of this long emergency, and here's the problem. We're going to just get so tired of hearing about it and talking about it and thinking about it. And we also do need to go day to day. We, you know, humans also look at what's right in front of them, as you said, food on the table. How, you know, so how do we stay engaged in this long emergency? And, and this is where I think we'll need all the tools in our spiritual toolkit to stay resilient, to keep ourselves healthy, to keep our bodies healthy and our spirits healthy um, and our minds healthy so that we're really able to sustain ourselves. We can't, this is not a, a, a sprint, it's a marathon. So that's a different, uh, a different kind of approach that we need. We need to be fully engaged, um, but we also need to really nourish ourselves and nourish each other and, uh, and so that we can, we can create the changes that we need to do. I think we need to keep tapping into to, um, hope, which is, not, um, which is a choice, um, an, a, a sense of also that of possibility because the changes that we need to do, and this is the, the gift in climate change, the changes that we need to do are long overdue anyways. The changes are plastic-free India. How amazing that will be, right? Think of all the garbage that's there. This garbage won't won't be there anymore. We're going to be cleaning up the world. We're going to be beautifying the world um, and respecting this this beautiful earth um, in a way that we haven't. And and it's going exactly. to be so much better. Exactly. For exactly. You know, when you see a prime minister in a particular area where they're operating on the cows to remove the plastic from their stomachs. Oh. I mean, whoa, yeah. where we are in this largest meat industry here in America, that yeah. it just makes us wonder about the fact, I know we're moving towards the golden age, and I know all of these changes mm. that we're undergoing, it's all going to be mm-hmm. good. It's just that it's stirring up, I think, a lot of our own personal stuff mm-hmm. that we too have to sort through. It has to get yeah. so tragic that we do return to love. So tell mm-hmm. me about some of the screenings that are taking place with some of your movies around the country or the world. Well, we do. We, we're, the, next, the next big thing that's going to happen is going to be uh, the Green, Greenpeace is doing an online film festival, so that's coming up. And uh, we're in, kind of in between, so we're developing a couple of new films right now. Metamorphosis, you can find it at metamorphosis.media, and you can find out where to watch it. It's being shown with the people who are organizing climate strikes this week are showing it in community screenings around the world. And uh, it's ongoing. It keeps coming out in different ways. But it's now Metamorphosis, our, our, our film about, uh, which asks the question, how can the climate crisis become an opportunity for transformation? That's the big question of that film. Is now available on streaming and, and, uh, and VOD in the U.S. and in Canada. So Beautiful. Beautiful. I'd love for us to do some of the screenings at the meditation museums. I think the audiences sure. there would love it very much, very much. Oh, I just can say we also have a workshop that we developed. Oh, good. Um, and that's oh, something good. that we love uh, because people will see the film. And then uh, the last workshop we did was at an eco village, and it was wonderful to have, you know, a full day to to just dive deeply into this the story and the issues of the, of our times. And the workshop goes through the arc of the film, which is symbiosis, uh, which begins with uh, chrysalis, the beginnings, and the real meditation and the preparation, 
crisis, the wake-up call, um, and then catharsis, which is the grieving and the releasing and going into the shadow, and then uh, and symbiosis, which is mutually enhancing relationships, that idea of mutual aid and mutuality with the planet, and then concludes with metamorphosis, which is transformation. And we do a, a sort of guided journey using meditation and exercises and breakout group exercises um, to really take people deeply into this, and people have been finding it very, very rewarding. And that's something that's we quite- organize when we're invited. Velcro, it's so, so important that you're including meditation in this because uh-huh. I think that so many people are interpreting meditation as an absence of thinking, an absence of thought. Mm. And yeah. I know that for me it's not. It's an absence of waste and negative thinking mm. because we have to think. Once the soul is in the body, you're going to have a thought. But the mm-hmm. question is which one are you going to choose? Are you going to mm. choose one that benefits all? Or are you going to choose one that only benefits you and forgets all? Oh yeah, I, I feel like more than ever we need these 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 um tools like meditation yes. and yoga and um um and that, to really help us in times of anxiety and in times of crisis. You know, this is what's going to yes. ground us and clear us and create the space for the new visions. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree with you 100%. Um, are you optimistic about the future for our humanity? You know, if we watch mainstream media or just listen to folks, I don't think I have encountered one person because I'm from Washington that yeah. always go, "Oh God, um, so how are you coping over there? You must be the only light in D.C." <laughs> <laughs> you know, despite whatever it is. And you know what, um, Velcro, I really think that I am here to create that. But definitely, we're here to bring that little candle in this world of darkness and to impact whomever is ready at the time that they encounter our presence. So I am optimistic about the future, no doubt. It has to. In Hinduism, we say this is the Kali Yuga time. This is the Iron Age. So consciousness is at a low, uh, where I use an acronym all the time called ALGI, A for Anger, L for lust, G for greed, A for attachment, and E for ego is driving the the motives and the intentions of a large number of us in the society. Mm-hmm. But there's also a few of us who have chosen to use the thoughts that are the opposite to that, love, peace, purity, truth, and joy. I can still mm-hmm. build my company from that place, or I can build my company from greed and fear and ego. Mm-hmm. And so... When you look at the numbers, let's say 90% are on the algae side, and mm-hmm. let's just say 10% is on the other side. Well, Are you still well, that's optimistic? Good. <laughs> yes, because actually, according to um, like the tipping point uh, science, we only need 6% to tip over society. So you know, 6% of the people moving in a certain direction will create the momentum that will ripple through. So I think 10% is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> And I actually do. I I am. I have a a, a kind of in you know sense of uh, somebody. A newspaper once said I could find the silver lining in a mushroom cloud, and that is true. I I do I do have a kind of fierce hope, um, and I also have a sense of not knowing. So I'm not saying that I know, but I choose hope. I choose uh, I choose to light that candle in the darkness, and every right. time it's blown out, I will light it again. And 
people really need that and they appreciate that. So those of us who have those reservoirs of hope and optimism within us are really needed in this time. And that's so I'm yeah. grateful for you and grateful for, for what you're offering in this time. Thank you. Thank you so much. So as we continue to move forward, any particular steps that you can share, especially those that are highlighted in some of the movies that you've produced and directed, how can we deal with the anxiety of the times that we're in and the climate anxiety, which is Mm -hmm. becoming more and more widespread? Yes. Well, I think one of the keys is is to come together in community. It's isolation. It's very hard to deal with anxiety and the fear of these times alone. So we need to come together, and that's one of the things that happens in our workshop is people come together and they share. I think we need to um, grieve. We need to allow ourselves to grieve. Um, we need to feel what we're feeling and not push it away. And then we need to see how can we create an alchemy with those feelings. How can we, I think, one of the strongest things we can do right now is feel that we're part of the solution. And every single person on this planet has a gift. What is your gift? And how can you take that gift and, uh, and bring it to bear on the crisis that we're all facing in whatever way is right for you that gives you joy so that your change-making is also your source of joy and meaning? If you bring that together, I think you will find your own personal path through this and you will find reservoirs of meaning and joy that you never even knew possible because it's a mm-hmm. time to really step up to the plate and shine. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, th- and, and it means a lot. And every single one of us um, is part of this. You know, it, it, we're, we're interconnected, and we, we are all part of the solution. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're all part of the solution, and we must remember that over and over again. Mm-hmm. So on a very personal level, how do you take care of yourself? Uh, taking into consideration the films that you're directing and producing are charged in messaging because mm-hmm. they challenge people to step into a place of truth and mm-hmm. to live a life of truth. So how does Velcro Ripper Ripper actually take care of his inner world? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the the biggest thing for me is just getting in touch with uh, love. Um, for me, love is really the, the touchstone of everything for me. My son, who's four now, will if you ask him what's the greatest power in the universe, and he'll just say he'll say love. <laughs> and <laughs> and I think when I tap into the, that reservoir of love, which is infinite, and it is so nourishing and so feeds me, and and also wonder. Um, uh, one of our next films is about wonder, and we're starting to really. Uh, dive uh, Nova and I are starting to really dive into the world of wonder, and uh, and it's so nourishing as well because the world is in crisis, but the world is also incredibly beautiful, and there's mm-hmm. beauty all around us every in every moment, and no matter what's happening, no matter how bad things are, don't let that wonder get stolen from you because it's your birthright. Mm-hmm. So find that wonder and tap into it. And just take a moment wherever you are and just find the wonder that's right there in front of you. Um, and that's very nourishing for me. That's beautiful to hear. It's beautiful to hear. Thank you for that. And um, any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners regarding your upcoming films and any way they can participate and support? Yeah, well, you can visit my personal webpage at com. 
Um, and you can also find me on Facebook. Um, you can follow me. I'm running out of friend room, so I don't have much room for more friends. <laughs> but you can follow me on Facebook, um, and I share my journey as I go along in creation. And we're always in need of support and, and uh in various ways. So if you want to tap in, you can just send me a message on Facebook. That's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. And if you have ideas, uh, let me know because the, all these films are community projects. So they, they, take, they right. actually take a little, much more than just Nova and I. We're, we're, now, we're now in a love collaboration and a creative collaboration in our lives. Um, but there's so many people involved in, in making every movie who are in them and, and, uh, and sharing their stories and, and ideas of... Uh, of the of new visions for the future. And that's gorgeous. That's gorgeous to hear. I gotta connect you with the um, India One Solar Thermal Project, where they mm. educated over 300 indigenous um, tribal people in the village mm. of Rajasthan, and they literally taught them how to build a solar thermal system which is mm. basically helping to electrify quarter, at least quarter of the city there. And mm. um, from what I last checked, I think they had like uh, erected over 700 dishes, which were huge, huge dishes. Mm. But you've got you've to get them in the story. I think there's a very powerful mm. story there that needs to be yeah. told, and mm-hmm. we'll definitely update you on that. Um, sure. Come to Washington, D.C. I think you need to be here. I think your movies need to be here. <laughs> Uh, I think you definitely need to impact the minds of the change makers who have the ability. You know, it reminds me of something Velcro of when um, the when electricity came about, the candle makers knew they were going to hmm. get out of business, and they had to find a way in how they were going to maneuver. And I think that people who are still in the fossil and the oil industry, who've been making hmm. billions of dollars off of you know, whatever ways and means they've been using their resources, um, have to now just rethink, okay, it's obvious this is the future. You know, solar is the future. Using the natural nature is the future. So what can we do now with what we have? Um, I think it's just a time for everyone to begin to really think from a place of love, and I'm sure that they'll find the answers. Don't you think so? I think so. I think that, uh, you know, that there 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 is... Change can happen fast. Transformation can happen fast. And, you know, the curve of evolution is like steeper and steeper. So I think there's these two curves. There's the, the downward spiral and there's the upward spiral. And, uh, and they're, they're both accelerating. And, you know, we can, we can do things really fast because we're so united now with, with this global community. So we have this vast global mind to tap into. And humans are incredibly creative. Um, so we need to just apply that creativity to not to greed and all the algae things, but to mm-hmm. to, to the needs of this uh, ecosystem right now. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree with you a million times over. You know, I think that's one of the reasons why I love being a, um, a vegetarian. And this is mm. not to say others who are not, but, I mean, come on, I was a major meat eater. But no, to choose to choose to be a vegetarian, I, I, I yeah. need some time to get to being a vegan. But I'm lactose <laughs> intolerant anyway, so I think I'm just a natural <laughs> vegan by default. <laughs> yeah. But I do feel that even for those who are listening on air right now, guys, if you can't even go the whole nine yards, just mm-hmm. just dedicate, 
you know, meatless Monday, do one day where you decide I'll save a, a, a pet today. I'll, I'll put a, you know, put aside beef or chicken mm-hmm. or fish today and just, just go the natural way. And mm-hmm. and I feel that we just need to value even the little steps that we take to just mm-hmm. help our planet to be a little bit more um, at peace and to continue to give us what it has given to us for so many millions of years. Uh, leave Most us with a life quote. Leave us with a life quote that we can live by by you and um, to be continued. And hopefully, we'll see you around really soon. Yes. Well, it was wonderful, wonderful talking to you. And uh, this is the time of alchemy. This is the time mm-hmm. when we're turning, turning this raw, this, this greed and and uh, avarice and consumerism is going to transform. I really feel this is the time for the flip into what really matters, which is love caring and connection to the earth and uh, and definitely the, the vegetarian approach is a really simple quick way to make a huge difference to the climate crisis Massive mm-hmm. difference. Um, mm-hmm. and and also it's better for your health it's a win-win situation like so many climate solutions it's a win-win Yes, yes, I agree with you 100% Leave us with a, a website that everyone can get more information on Sure, you can get, uh, I would say, www.metamorphosis.media is the latest film. And then just my name, Velcro, with a W, VelcroRipper.com is for my personal info on me. Perfect. All the very best and hope to see you soon. Great talking to you. Have a wonderful day. Take care. You too. So, folks, you can do a lot of work with your talents. Look, if it's music, bring some spirituality in it. If it's writing, bring some spirituality in it. If it's speaking, bring some spirituality in it. And if it's filmmaking, definitely bring your spirituality into it. You can make such a positive difference just by listening to the business part, the passion in your heart. Let it keep moving forward. Hope you've enjoyed my chit-chat with Velcro Ripper. Please check out his movies, please. And we're definitely going to do some filmings of his movies, too, at the museum. So to be continued and keep updated on that. But you can go to Velcro with a W, V-E-L-C-R-O-W, Ripper, R-I-P-P-R.com. Or you can go to OccupyLove.com and check out some of his films. Remember, no one can take away your happiness. to give them permission. And we really are here to love each other the same. So let's do that. Let's just love each other the same. Here's Prayer for Humanity by Marla Maples. Take care, everyone. This is a prayer prayer to humanity, a calling out, a calling out to the world to embrace the love that we are, the love that we are as a whole. One spirit flows through us all, uniting us in a breath in the wind, the sky, the sea, the earth, a breath of eternity. Together, we can create heaven on earth. We can rise on the wings of angels. We are free. Feel the divine presence. This is heaven on earth. Believe it. Step into the freedom. See the vision. Be the vision. Eternity 
is now. I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.